episode 37 of Slam City. That's right, folks. It's Raymond Moore here. It's Mr. Mac here. He's back in studio. Yo, yo. What's happening with you, man? Yeah. Uh, all right. You know, so far this week has been hectic for me, but uh, I'm here right now to talk about some sports here on Gunky 60. And uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff happening, of course. You got March Madness. You got the Knicks. And uh, I don't understand how they lost the Nets. We'll talk about that. And also about this whole LeVar Ball situation, which we're actually going to talk first about because, look, I understand from a father perspective that you want to, you know, have confidence in your son, making sure he's better than most of the players in, the, in, in college, which, you know, he's playing at a high level right now, UCLA, and now telling everybody he's going to be better than this and better than that. I mean, can you just, like, calm down for a little bit because this is a young college kid for all we know you put him on that spotlight and he fails it's not gonna be bad it's gonna look bad on him it might look bad on you but he's gonna take all the hits and then you're gonna have to be the one to explain for everything i mean i just understand him. i know as a father you want to like make sure that he, you you believe in your son that he's confident but you guys gotta calm it down just a little bit we'll see here's my here's my take on it neither one of us have kids well, that's, so yeah. it's really hard for us to talk from a parent's perspective. I he's not the first obnoxious parent we've seen. Um, uh, the the Williams sisters, their dad was kind of obnoxious. Tiger Woods' father was kind of obnoxious in proclaiming their greatness early on. My issue is with those parents that I just mentioned. I don't remember, and I could be wrong, but I don't remember them ever talking about themselves. I always remember them talking about their kids. He's out here talking about how he beat Michael Jordan. He could beat Michael Jordan one on one. Like <laughs> for me, that's where it's getting yeah. obnoxious. It that, and I don't understand why you feel the need to put to compare him to active players who are smashing. Like why you would put Curry's name in the same sentence as your son? At, at least not. At least not. I think he could be the next Jason Kidd. Hell, I think he might be able to be better than Jason Kidd. Uh, He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Top three in assists. And Steph Curry is one of the best shooters we've ever seen in the history of the game. So what are we really talking about here? Yeah. So why would you even set that up? How about when when it's all said and done, I think my son can be mentioned along with greats like Stephen Curry, uh, Jason Kidd. Et cetera, et cetera. Like you can do it a different way without insulting or, or you know, you're comparing him to a two-time MVP and to a guy who, who we all know probably one of the best point guards in our generation that we have seen, and Jason Kidd, top right. three assists, most three points. I think second or third most three point shots. In the Accolades league. all across the board. Yeah, this guy, one this of guy, the best defensive players, three point shot accuracy. Anyone better? Literally, gold medals. Like just ask Carmelo. He made him better. Yeah, that Unde- undefeated in international play. Like yeah. you really just want to be careful. But I can understand you wanting your son to aspire or, or be seen in a legendary light. I'm not mad at that. But what I the only like I said, my only issue now. Besides, some of the comparisons are getting a little outrageous. Is it feels like he's now becoming a celebrity? He's using this towards his own celebrity, and now all I hear is him comparing himself to Jordan and saying he could beat Jordan one on one. He's coming obnoxious though, as if Donald Trump was in the NBA. Yeah, I mean he's starting. He's starting to get that way. And at first, it was justified because I understand the parent kid thing. But now you're just talking about you. 
now you're the focal point and not your son and you're like i i haven't seen one interview from um from from the yeah from mini ball little, little zo ball i haven't seen i haven't seen one interview from him i don't remember him talking at all the headlines are all his father and i think i, I don't i don't know what we're doing at this point I mean, you could say, well, well, one thing for sure, he he said on Jordan, you know, back in my heyday, I would have killed Michael Jordan one-on-one. I just backed Jordan in and left him off the ground, caught fire every time he follows me when I do a jump hook to the right or to the left. He cannot stop me one-on-one. He's be- he better make every shot because he ain't g- can't go around me. He's not fast enough, and he can only make so many shots outside before I make every bucket under the rim. Um... Yeah, you're you do realize that that year when you were averaging what like two point two points and two rebounds in college that in nineteen eighty seven eighty eight he was actually good Jordan that year was like at least scoring thirty points a game on anybody who's on everybody freakishly athletic fifty on, inch vertical leap yeah how like, about we just like I don't understand why he's saying all this I I mean for Jordan he's not gonna say anything because like, come on. Like you gonna say anything to this guy? I wouldn't. I wouldn't say anything. I don't have nothing to prove. Unless, unless it's, um, we're drafting your son. <laughs> Think about that. They draft his son, which and is we're like, gonna bench yeah. him for life. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna draft your son. I'm gonna bench him. Uh, make sure he we absolutely ruin everything about him. But I don't think they would do that. But of course not. That but, that's just me being but, yeah. Michael Jordan, King Petty. But then you see Barkley talk about because Ball challenge him one on one and be like, "Well, once I found he averaged two points a game in college. Listen, you need to slow your roll." I didn't win a championship. I said to myself, "I need to go back and Google this guy. Maybe, maybe, maybe I missed the Ball era where he was dominating winning championships everywhere else." Listen, I'm too old and fast to play basketball, but I'll challenge Mr. Ball to a one on one. How about that? Jesus, that 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 should pretty much just shut you up. Yeah, and it just keeps talking and talking. Like we, we know, next day if I gotta say something else now, next about this. I and mean, that. like I said, it's what the things here he's saying now aren't about his kid anymore. I can understand trying to trying to raise the level of visibility on your son so he yeah. goes higher in the draft and makes more money and has a better chance to be successful and actually gets played. Yeah, and goes to a team that really needs him and maybe they surround him with other good pieces and make a run. You you raise his profile, right? Yeah. Uh, the coaches now see him, and in in a la Derrick Rose or Patrick Ewing, which you spoke about off 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 mic, they begin to design a system around your son. Now your son is the focal point, and he's he gets to become Harden or Westbrook of his team. You know what I mean? Hopefully Harden because they more pieces and a better record. Yeah. So I can understand wanting to raise his profile does so he doesn't end up on some Carl Anthony Towns type business or you know what I mean just going to or 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 uh the kid in Philly Embed Embed thank you yeah. I always mess his name <laughs> you don't want to you don't want that situation yeah. for your son necessarily where you high in the draft but you go to a team that like is terrible and you're languishing you want your son to go to a situation where he can you know what I mean they already have some pieces and he becomes the focal point and now they're like a big three would you go to the Boston Celtics though? Let's say the Celtics will pick him, knowing that this father will probably go to hell. Say you know, start him over Isaiah Thomas, right? Which he's, he's going there, to right? do. Which he's can can, he can start can, him or he wants a shooting guard. Can he play? Can he play the two? He he's play, tall he's enough to play the two, right? He's tall enough to play shoot. He's good enough to shoot the ball to play the two. He could probably play the two. 
But so, that's gonna be a scenario where where the Celtics are not gonna hand, they're not gonna be, you know, they're not, they're not gonna deal with all that stuff. You know, it's always gonna be like you just keep your mouth shut and let us do our thing. I, I don't think, I don't think most teams are gonna let him run the yap that crazy. I think most of them are gonna wanna put a cap on him once they get his son under ranks. I think most of them, with the exception of the Knicks, I could see Dolan <laughs> allowing him Knicks. to just talk. And run his mouth as long as he's not saying anything bad about the team. I can totally see that. Would you want him though on your on the team though, even though he's talented, this kid in Luanzo Ball? Would, um, would you want him if I needed him? Because at some point, I, I say to myself, "Listen, I know he's great and he, he could do all this stuff, but I don't know if I want him like that. If I'm going to deal with all this stuff from the dad, if I needed him, I, I'd I'd take him. Like I I understand where you're coming from." But I wouldn't let that stop me from. Listen, T.O. Terrell Owens. Yeah. Problematic. Uh, what's this other dude's name? Richard Sherman. Problematic. To a, to a certain degree, Marshawn Lynch. Problematic. Did yeah. it ever stop them from doing anything on the uh, you know in their perspective sports? No. Were they still valuable pieces when they were out on the field or on the court? Absolutely. And those were the players themselves. Like, here's the other thing. Like I said, Zoe hasn't said anything. I don't remember him saying anything. If it's just some parent chirping from the sideline, like eventually people are going to get tired of listening to him. And the press is probably going to get tired of giving him, you know, a mic. Yeah. And eventually, you know, I mean, as long as he's giving good sound bites, then sure. But... He's got to remember the day your son has a bad game, they're going to be in your face with those microphones. Like, so what happened? What happened? I thought he was the next coming to blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, look, oh, look at his stats. Like, you're really setting. But I don't think that stuff is going to fall on Zoe. I think that stuff is going to fall back on his dad. His dad may feel like he can take it. So, you know, if I set myself up to be this loud mouthpiece, when my son does have a bad game, they're going to come to me for answers instead of to my son. And maybe that's for the best. I don't really think it's that devious and he's that smart. I don't think he's sitting around like a supervillain plotting and planning. I hope he isn't. But I, at the same time, I could see that as being a benefit. So who knows? Just imagine he's like, mm, plan A, I need to <laughs> expose insult my son. Curry. He's the best. stuff. Insult Curry. Plan B. Hopefully, if my son wins the championship, I, I just bribe the referees. Guy, he get every call in the NCAA tournament. Oh, God. And then wins the championship. And then plan to see if we get drafted to the Celtics. And I brag about it. And, and they fall for the plan. And he comes a star or whatever. Oh, the Celtics. So, That'd uh, be nuts. Just think about it. We got Celtics or Lakers. One of those two teams. Knowing the Lakers are tanking just so they could get one of those players. Mm-hmm. One of the point guards. But look, looking at Lorenzo Ball... The guard who's 6'6", who's 19 years old, he weighs 190. He's averaging 14.9 uh, points a game, 6.2 rebounds, 7.8 assists. He's 6'6", six, six and he weighs 190? And he's putting all this on his son. He's going to get his do, do you, ass kicked. Do you know how much the NBA is going to target this kid because oh, of the father? Yeah. Well, they, the other players will, actually. They got to go right hard at him. 
Curry might go hard at him. You gonna do a do, do, shoot a three over his face. Jason Kidd is gonna have the Milwaukee Bucks put uh, a target on his yeah. back. Yeah, sign with Tumbo. Oh my god, he's just gonna try to dunk on him every time. Every time. LeBron, the, he's probably hearing all this stuff, but he's gonna be probably ignoring it and just going right at him on every single possession. I think so I think skinny. every play is gonna do. I think yeah, I think every play is gonna do that. You're asking for it. I think Steph's gonna try and break his ankles. Yeah. And you Multiple know, times. And you don't want this kid to be a bust because he's averaging 14 points in college. I mean, you know, they're okay numbers. You know, they're just solid. 14 points really isn't that. It's not great. Yeah, that, that, that's not LeBron numbers when he was in college. No, that's not even Melo numbers when he was in college. Well, LeBron didn't go to college, but in high school he did average around like 20. That's what I'm sorry. I, yeah. said, I said college. But Carmelo, yeah, he when he went to college he was averaging like 22 and 10. Right. And he was actually the alpha male of the team and everything. So and you got guys even like Kyrie Irving before in Duke before he, he went to the NBA. These guys are averaging a lot of points in a harder division. Just, yeah, I don't know. If I don't. This is... I don't understand it. And, and this is why I'm telling him like just to keep it down a little bit because you don't want this kid to be a target in the NBA and suddenly now his confidence is lost because he's getting hit every single time. Mm-hmm. And then. He's gonna start complaining. The father be like, "Oh, this would be a foul over there." Like, do you know how crazy it would be if when this kid's playing and he doesn't get a foul call that this foul's gonna tweet gonna out go, these yeah, referees go stink or Absolutely. or coaching? What's wrong with you? Why didn't you put him in this situation and shoot the ball and everything? Absolutely. Then that's what I really worry about. But that's gonna happen regardless. I I don't think I don't think this kid's gonna get on a team. Um, regardless of the gag order, as long as Twitter happens, I think he is going to be the Donald Trump and just tweet out his mm-hmm. frustrations nonstop. I think I think we've already um we've already missed that that ship has sailed, and anybody who gets this kid's son is going to have to just deal with him. But I also think they're going to tell him to pipe down. Do you think he's going to listen though? That's the question because I, I I think he's not gonna listen. I think he's gonna keep doing what he's doing. I think I think it depends on the results. I think if the team is winning and they tell him to shut up, like just stop critiquing every yeah. little thing, shut up, stop talking about the refs, stop talking about this, because you're disrupting the harmony of the team and we're winning. Yeah, it's not about your son; it's about the team. Shut up. I think when they approach him that way and the team is doing good, he'll be quiet. I think. Even if the, even if they have a loss and it's like a tough loss or you know his son obviously wasn't with it, he's not gonna want to bring attention to himself. So just shut up, just be quiet. Yeah. Um. I think if the team is like stinking, yeah, stinking suck. out loud, pulling a Nets, pulling a Knicks, pulling a <laughs> pulling a um Chicago, like if they're just like ranking up the joint, then there'll be no stopping him. But people will expect it and not really be so upset. So we'll see what happens. We'll see. Well, oh yeah. Speaking of which, today's St. Patrick's Day, so we got have a shout out to celebrate. I guess celebrate that, and, and hopefully those people in bars are just drinking right now. I do not. I'm not shouting out anything having to do with St. Patrick's Day. I am straight edge. I've never drank in my life. I'm not about to start tonight and wake up in a tub full of ice, missing a kidney. No, thank you. I'm gonna celebrate. Sean Price's birthday. That's what I'm doing. Shout out to Sean Price, Sean P. Duck Down Brooklyn, uh, Boot Camp Click, aka Ruck of Helter Skelter. Today's his birthday. Rest in peace. Today is Saint Sean's Day, as far as I'm concerned. Saint Sean Price Day or Saint Sean Day, whatever you want. But that's that's what I'm that's what I'm about right now. All right, that's good. Well, 
Let's no talk. disrespect to everybody who's getting yeah, drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, guys do your thing. Just yeah, count me different. out. Everybody's had their own opinion on the on today's. I'll be your designated driver. Well, I mean, some people think that uh, today we—I mean, it's enough celebration of white people, and that we should—I don't know—it's just we shouldn't celebrate today. But, I mean, know. let white people have their fun. Listen, I'm not anti anybody. Me neither. I'm just I, people I, expressing their thoughts on Twitter, saying all that. And I'm like, eh, uh, let these okay. white people party. What are you yeah. gonna do? It's not. First of all, it has nothing to do. It has nothing to do with you, so you really don't have any reason to be angry at it. That's number one. It's yeah. not. It, it's not hurting you. Yeah. Number two, and number three. It's also not excluding you. Yeah. They I've never seen any bar or kick any out Irish bar. Yeah, I've never seen or any bar that was celebrating St. Patrick's Day kick somebody out because they were Spanish or black or hey, you can't be in here today. Like or or Hindu or Muslim or any of that other stuff. Everybody's Irish on St. Patrick's Day. That's been the motto for as long as I've been in New York, which is my entire life. I've never seen it any different. So beefing about st patrick's day dog it has nothing to do with you just be quiet and let them let them do their thing if as long as they're not like you know rioting or going nuts or flipping cars or you know crashing into places because they're drunk driving just just whatever just avoid watch where you step because they're gonna throw up a lot yeah try maybe to avoid some of those bars because they may get into fights but other than that like i don't have a problem listen if i'm celebrating um if I'm celebrating uh, Martin Luther King Day and you're a white supremacist, I'm not mad at you for not celebrating Martin Luther King. I'm not going to beef with you because you don't want to celebrate the thing I'm celebrating. If I'm, yeah. if I'm partying for Kwanzaa and you only rock with Christmas, okay, well, you just stay over there. All I ask is that you don't get in the way. Just don't stop me. Just leave me alone. Just let me... The, the Brooklyn Academy of Music in Brooklyn has a Dance Africa, Dance Africa Festival every summer. It's always dope. It's always crazy. All I ask, if you don't rock with that, if Dance Africa isn't your thing, that's cool. Just shut up about it. Just go on about, because as far as we're concerned, it doesn't stop you from doing anything. Yeah. And that's how I feel about St. Patrick's Day. Like, if you don't like it, it's not stopping you from doing what you normally do. For you, it's just Friday. So go do what you do on Friday. Hell, the drinks might be, if you drink after work and do happy hour, the drinks might be even cheaper. There might be some more specials down there. You should just shut up and take advantage. That's true. That's very true. Let the white people celebrate. What's wrong with white people celebrating? As long as they don't end up, you know, coming after you with a pitchfork. As long as it's not that kind of party. Yeah. Knock yourself out. I have no problem with it. But shout out to that. So thinking about um this NCAA tournament, you know, it's March Madness <laughs> and all this crazy stuff. And I have filled out like two brackets and... um. It's already a bust anyway because one team lost already. So I was like, oh, my God. Here we go with the bust. And today, probably most brackets are probably going to go to hell, too, because a lot of teams are probably going to lose in some weird way, especially the top-seeded teams. Out of the blue. I mean, just just looking at this bracket because I'll I just explain one of them. Well, well, right now, let's see. I have a lot of greens because who events and then some reds here. Like, for instance, St. Mary's beat. VCU yesterday and and that sucked. Mm-hmm. Purdue beat Vermin yesterday and I picked Vermin because I thought I'd be upset. And most of the time I'm just gambling most of these picks because especially the ones that are like a four and thirteen and a uh-huh. seven eight because you never know. But usually one and sixteen guaranteed they're probably gonna win that game. I've never seen a sixteen mm-hmm. upset a one C in the tournament. But people go crazy about this bracket stuff and yet like myself, most of them probably haven't watched a lot of college basketball. That's what I was just about to say. How how 
how difficult is it to actually make uh, a prediction? Yeah. If you if you're not following literally every game and keeping track of every every player, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's one okay. You and I can sit here and debate the MVP in the NBA all yeah. day because we catch those games. That's true. But there's only like one of them a week. That's true. If that. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about four or five games a day two, three times a week. Like, who really can do that? And you never know which one of those teams on the, on the game that you passed on, you know what I mean, yeah. a- actually is showing off the ones that the media doesn't cover and then they show up and blow somebody out and you're like oh god where did that come from you just going off a name recognition i don't even try anymore i used to i i used to think that i knew what i was doing i don't even try anymore like after the first couple times and my bracket just gets smashed to pieces (laughs) in the first day the first hour i just I completely lose and the people I pick just don't go anywhere and my team I, my picks my bracket just looks like you know NCAA for dummies I'm, I'm over it dude. have you have you watched any well not, well you know any of the top teams this year though that they've been talking about no at all? Nothing? no no I, after the bracket after the first couple times of me like really trying yeah and still failing College basketball doesn't really entertain me that much, to be honest. Um, it's a little too frantic. It looks like a game of get the guy with the ball. Like, I just see a bunch of dudes running all over the place all the time for no reason whatsoever. Like, that's not even the guy you're supposed to be guarding. Why are you over there? Like, it just looks a lot less controlled and way more frantic. And I, I dig that some people dig the energy and the passion, et cetera, et cetera. I don't yeah. knock any of that. But at the same time, I, I like my game to look like somebody's really trying to win as opposed to everybody's just running around looking insane. Do you think more so because the game is just basically on system basketball? Because we, we've seen it before. Like, you look at college teams, and all, it's all about system for them, for these players. And then these most of them are, like, either one and done, or they stay for, like, an extra year or two or whatever just to get ready for the NBA and to be honest, though, the one year and the one and duns have actually affected the way the game of basketball is in the NBA because you see all these players and they look like they're not ready for the for the game. And then you look at it back then where it used to be three years and then they go in the NBA and they're actually ready. They actually feel like they're ready to play the game, be physical and all that stuff. Right. But I think the NCAA committee needs to know that they probably got to get rid of this one and done because the tournament itself, it may say, well, this you got this kid who's a freshman like Lorenzo Ball and, he, and he's playing well and this and that and he gets the NBA, he's exposed and he's a bust. And you don't want that to happen. Eh, but whose fault is that? Like, I mean, okay. Is it the player's fault or is it the committee's fault? I don't think it's the committee's fault. But do the one and done? If they maybe have strict a policy and say at least two years or three years. See, on the other side of that though, you're now spending another two, three years risking this kid getting injured. That that see that's yeah that's and the then only he thing. Can't, and then he can't go to the NBA and now his future is completely flushed. Where had he gone when he could? Yeah. Made the money, you know what I mean? At least now he's even if he gets hurt, he's still in the system. You know what I mean? He it's not over. It's not a wrap. He still has a chance to be something great. If he goes to the NBA and he wasn't ready fundamentally, 
Well, that's what summer leagues are for. That's what, you know what I mean? That you got the best coaches on earth. You got the best training staff you can hire. Um, he can work out with other players. Uh, as much as everybody talks about Porzingis, he's about to go work out with the whiskey. Mr. So, you know, it's, you, you, you're not supposed to stop learning and Kobe Bryant, one of the greatest players in the history of the game. I think his first shot was an air ball when he came in. Straight out of high school, his first points and it was funny. His first points was a free throw. Yeah, and his last points was a free throw. And this is from a dude wow. who was a complete monster in high school. Yeah, like a, a total monster. And then he showed up and he was terrible. So I don't think it's a bust. You have to show me a player who came in from out of college on the one and done, and who was a bust and never improved. Just Kwame Brown. I don't. I don't think there was any saving him. <laughs> I don't think there was any saving him. I'm trying to figure out how he got to the NBA in the first place. <laughs> he never improved as a player, though. Yeah, but he was I, the worst. I again, I Andrea Bariani. Nah, Bariani had some good years. Yeah, but he's terrible. He just never lived up to his hype. That's different. Awful. He he went number one, and he never lived up to the number one stat. But again, Bogut. These are playing. Uh, Bogut does his thing. Well, he doesn't stink, but at first it was just like he got picked number one. I think it was like number one in that. See, draft. but that's, again, he, that's he, hype. For me, that's hype. That's Bennett, not really. Bennett, the one that the Cavaliers picked, that he's not even in the NBA anymore. Not even any team wants him, though. Again, I think. Okay, and these are these are examples. Yeah. And I'm not mad at you for the examples, but I think Bariani, Kwame Brown, these dudes didn't live up to their their draft selection. Yeah. I don't think that's a matter of their skill level. I think they just got drafted too high. And also, I think some of the onus at that point, once you hit the NBA, I think a lot of the onus falls on the player and the coach and the staff that's true. and the team. Kwame Brown should have been forced to improve. You should, you know, force workouts, Go work out with Magic. Go work out with Worthy. Like go let me let me put you in the hands of players legendary on our staff who who are at our beck and call who can help you. Yeah. Let's let's make him work out. Let's push him to get better. As opposed to Kobe Bryant just talking about he sucks. Are you kidding? This guy sucks. Like <laughs> make him make him get better. Don't you you have some of the greatest players in the history of the game under the purple and gold banner why isn't he studying at their feet why isn't he learning the sky hook why isn't you know what i mean yeah that's true these dudes are alive and they're why why aren't you talking to kareem abdul jabbar to get kwame brown better why why aren't you doing that i don't i've never understood that same thing with baryani like not that the raptors are this deep franchise but you've got money you can reach out to some players and and make this man improve but when you just leave it there, and then the players just leave it there, and they just leave and they stink, and then right. They so I mean, nicknames so, for the NBA like Tank Commander or Tank Master when he was with the Knicks. So who are we really mad at here? Like I don't expect, I don't expect the player to look to improve himself when no one around him is telling him he needs to be better. Especially as the team, if we pin a franchise tag on you. You need to improve, and here are the tools. Because we're pulling you right out of college, we understand you don't really know how this works. Here are the tools. We're going, and when you don't, when you don't 
take advantage of these tools, we're going to bench you. You're not going to play. So get better or yeah. else. It's true. It is there's ways to fix this stuff, dude. You don't just leave them there and you know. That's why I like see also a lot of hype with this tournament too, because you're gonna see these big time players in these big spotlight moments and be like, Well, we should draft him in the first round because if he did this and that, but then you should look at really the the whole body of work in terms of what they have done throughout the season and throughout their college career. And then you look at teams like Duke and North Carolina and UCLA and, and Arizona. Speaking of which, in my bracket, I have one UCLA winning it and also North Carolina winning it. Another one against them, but players like good those, luck. Yeah, players like in those teams though, and if they go far, for instance, they gotta say to these scouts, let's scout these players out uh, in the Final Four, or even in the finals. You know, are they good enough to handle the spotlight? Are they good enough to be a franchise player for their team and lead them to the promised land? And those players are, t- are kind of hard to get. I mean, you look at that 2003 class with Carmelo and LeBron and Wade and Bosh. Oh yeah. And, like, those guys, besides LeBron out of high school, but the other three, they were in college. They were great. I mean, Dwayne Wade was on, a Mar- uh, on the um, Marquette team that went to the Final Four with Steve Novak and the rest of the group. And Melo won the championship that year with a good group. Group, I mean, good group. And, uh, you know, playing the, the famous uh, Jim Boeheim defense, you know, playing zone, basically. And uh, he was averaging like 22 and 10. Those players, it's hard to get these days now. You're not going to get a player like that. What are you going to do? That's why they say the draft is more art than science. Then you have a dude like Isaiah Thomas who, you know, bounced around a whole bunch of places. 60 pick. And now look at him. He's like the cornerstone of a legendary franchise. He might be the biggest steal in draft history if he lives up to his potential. How funny is that? But who, who saw that potential? No, except the Celtics. So what are you gonna do? You know what I mean? It's, it's funny it, how Boston is. It's like a Boston thing. They they get an undrafted player or or a six round pick or like Tom Brady for instance, uh-huh. and he becomes an all time great. They get Isaiah Thomas in the trade, who was a sixty round pick in the second round, and bounced he died, around died. from team to team to team, and now he's great right now. It's almost like Boston is is those that type of town or that type of those teams or players where they prove themselves because a lot of them didn't or weren't part of the other team's future because of their skill set and how they are. I mean, you look at, like, the Patriots with their whole skill set with wide receivers. They pick short wide receivers for a reason because one of them is they get more flags called because they get hit or whatever. And the other one is because they, they want to prove themselves that they're better. Right. And, and then and as you look at the ball, it's the same thing. They got a scrappy defense, a lot of hard-working blue-collar players that were shining around Zane Thomas, and now there's a second scene in, in the Eastern Conference. Killing it. And not afraid of anybody, and they—I think that spot is secure with Wall going down. You think coaches in this tournament, when they scout these players in the tournament, that they should look at players like that, like blue-collar people that can work I, hard? I think it depends on what kind of coach you got. That's See that—that's when it starts. That's when you have to start kicking it further up the chain of command. You may get a coach who moves like—I don't know who I can pick. Like, okay, I've always considered uh, Tom Thibodeau a real blue-collar dude Yeah, who could take rusty players, you know, raw players with raw potential and bring out the absolute best in them. I've always considered him that kind of guy. Whereas I consider Dan Tony the opposite of that. I don't think Dan Tony can function um, without some kind of superstar, talent. superstar franchise 
all-star level talent on his team. I don't think he can take blue collar and just turn it into something. I, I've never thought that. I think Van Gundy, um, Jeff Van Gundy, can take blue collar players and make them extraordinary as opposed to um, Phil Jackson, who we've never seen without a superstar player. So who knows what he could do? Or 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 Riley, who we've never seen. Pat Riley, who we've never well, seen. Well, he, he, the thing about Pat Riley is that he actually had blue car people surrounding around Patrick Ewing, but and also he adjusted to the to way the players the team is. But he had he had a he still had a well, one he, of the greatest centers. Oh yeah, one of the greatest and he had one of the, probably the greatest point guard, Magic Johnson. Right. And, so yeah. exactly. We and, I, I'm um, not I'm not I'm not dissing yeah. him. I'm just saying we haven't seen it. Um, same thing with uh, Phil Jackson. We never saw what he could do without this level of talent, and he's coaching. We've never seen that. So I think that's when you start having to go higher up the food chain, and then it becomes a matter of, well, who's picking the coach? What kind of identity do we want this team to have? Do we want to have a blue-collar identity? Then we need a coach who can bring out the best in a blue-collar player. Uh, or do we want to, you know, do we have to live up to the hype of a franchise where if you're the Lakers, if you're the Celtics, if you're the Bulls, if you're even the Knicks to a certain extent, if you're like one of these all-star level teams, definitely the uh, the Spurs. Yeah. And now the Clippers, like if you're one of these all-star level teams and now Golden State, if you're one of these guys, well, then you need stars or people who will become stars. You can't do it with a crew, a motley crew. And one guy who you just buffed out and turned into a diamond out of coal, like, yeah. like they did in, um, like they're doing in Boston with the Celtics. So, interesting. Yeah, just interesting. Yeah, but, yeah. So talking about this this home uh, tournament, you gotta talk about the mock draft. I mean, one of the things that caught my attention was the fact that the Knicks right now are probably, I would say, seven for six right now. They're actually seven though. But, and you look at it, and one of the players that they're supposed to draft based on this mock draft is a French player named Frank Nikikini, who's six five. It's pretty long. He's like, weighs like 190, though. It's another Porzingis project. Most likely, because this guy's skinny. I mean, strength's like, he's. He's athletic, you know. He has a wingspan almost close to seven feet. I mean, you. you what like position that. does he play? Oh, he's a point guard. He's six five, six five point guard. He can handle. Who who has a seven foot, uh, wingspan? Basically, he has good basketball IQ. Uh, he, of course, he has, he has to gain muscle, but he's a he's a true point guard. Like he's a pass first guy. He knows how to control the game. He has great court vision. Has nice hesitation. He's good on explosive foot first step. Improved three point shooter. Can really play in ISO situations if you have to, where he takes a guy one on one or whatever. But I don't think you want that because he's a pass first point guard. Um, you know, he has a versatile defender that could probably guard multiple positions, probably point guard, shooting guard, and small forwards if he gets bigger. Um, How does he look defensively? Defensively, I mean, he has the tools to be a a great defender, but like I said, he's a skinny guy. His weaknesses, right. though, is that, of course, he has to add muscle. He, he needs to be more vocal. Sometimes he's too unselfish, and he, he wants to just pass the ball more, I guess. So he's not going to be a guy who can score mentality when he came to the league. We don't need that Brandon Jennings love. 
Yeah, we, we don't need that. But if if you if you have a guy who who's who's gonna at least give you at least like 10, 15 points while he gets like his double digit assist, then I think I live with that. Like not like well maybe like a Chris Paul, but you know Chris Paul's passive sometimes. Chris Paul too. can score. He can score, but he's just passive sometimes too. Right. And he knows it himself. I mean, he just needs to be more aggressive. But then at times, like you know, he forgets his. He, he's pretty lack of days ago on on defense. And he has problems defending a pink and roll. And, you know, you're going to see stronger players post up on him because he's skinny. So he's probably, like, one of the best international players. He has all the physical skills to be great. But the thing is, the Knicks, do they want to have another potential player where, like, Porzingis kind of, even though Porzingis proved himself, where he has to work on his game basically to be one of the top point guards in the league with this guy. It's, it's kind of like what are the options? Like, what else can you get? If he's if he's like the best, what positions do the Knicks need? Okay, we definitely could use another point guard, especially one who's defensive minded and pass the ball first. I like Rose. I know you don't, but despise um, Rose right now. Yeah, I, I definitely don't. But what else could we need? What else would we need? Um, do we have a competent backup for Melo? More or less center position. We're overstocked as far as I'm concerned. Um, two guards were not that bad. Uh, with Courtney Lee, who's super, who's way more passive than he should be, and uh, Holiday, who actually is a pretty good shooting guard. Like he, he get him in the corner, spot up, he can really do some things. He needs to cut to the basket, yeah, a little bit more. But <laughs> coaching, um, so yeah, I'm not mad at you know at Jason Randall though. I'm not mad at him either. I'm not mad at him either because he. I think for me, Jason Randall is probably gonna be like one of those backup point guards. More so than anything, but we already got uh, the white guy. Oh, Baker. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't see Baker as a starter either. But we could be wrong. Maybe he works in the off season and he becomes a starting point guard. But I don't think he's gonna be one of those top five, top ten. You know who cards. doesn't get a lot of run? Who I, I really, I'm really upset about Kuzminskis. Yeah, I know what happened. They just stopped playing him. I don't know. Like, he, is it coaching? Is it just because he's lost? It's always coaching, dude. It always goes back to coaching. But when you he's have, not a dumb player. He's 27. I know he's, he hasn't played a lot in the NBA, but he's not dumb. But he can basketball. play. We all know he can play. It's all coaching. He's not a scrub. It's all coaching. Yeah. I liked him better than I liked um. Oh, God. What's this guy's name? The face Thomas? mask. Yes. <laughs> the face mask. I liked him better than Thomas. <laughs> but Thomas is actually playing better now. Yeah, but Kuz had a, had a more consistent shot. And would slash to the basket and would dunk on somebody if you gave him a chance. He would actually go in and, and stuff the ball. So he could have been like our Ginobili, basically. Could have been. Still could be. He still could be. Coaching. Yeah. yeah. So it all comes down to coaching. I think, I think your man has a bunch of good pieces on this team, and he has not found a way to make them gel and get them to play together. They seem, on offense and on defense, they seem the Knicks seem to not know what they're supposed to do. And for me, that's pure coaching. There's a lot. You know what's funny? I'm looking at this mock draft. There's a lot of skinny players at these positions. I mean, you got Lorenzo Ball, who probably got picked second or first, 190. Markel Foods from Washington, who actually is compared to Russell Westbrook, who's 6'4", 190. And you got a 6'8", uh, small four, who's 205. And Jason Tatum, you got Josh Jackson, who's six eight two zero five. I mean, six three one seventy five. These are a lot of skinny players that are going to be out of this draft class. And I look at them like, <clears throat> this is where the league is now, because you're not going to see a lot of these these physical like strength guys who are big and strong and fast. 
Well, not, not, not if the, the game, game is not if the game is small ball and on the inside. I mean, nobody's playing inside out. That that too. Playing outside that, in. So that's that's changing the game too. Is that the now so much NBA the small ball like the Stephen Curry's of the world, James Harden's of the world. Right, and then now look at college. It's pretty much the same thing: spreading out the ball, shooting mm-hmm. threes. Not a lot of physical players. We're just gonna shoot, shoot you out of the gym. Yeah, basically. people who want to win, you you adjust the game. You hit those threes. It's a whole different light. And then you look at the Knicks. They have two other picks left in the draft. Of course, from the second round, most likely they might even draft maybe another point guard, and Nigel Williams from Gonzaga. Who's I, he's okay. I've seen him play before. And then you have a six-six shooting guard from Serbia, another international player named Marco Golujic. I'm like, I, is Jackson trying to be like the Spurs now, picking on international players, or he's just not scouting college players anymore? Or maybe he's just trying to whiten up the Knicks. This is gonna be like the whitest team I've seen well, in the Knicks Frank ever. Well, Frank is is actually African American. He's he's French. get out of here. Yeah, he's French. I didn't so, see that coming. Yeah, so so I don't know about. Okay, that. I'll shut up. <laughs> But I want to be, but I want to be smart. I mean, you see the players that he's picked already. Mm-hmm. I mean, most of the players that he's picked are either players that are fundamentally sound or just raw talent that you want to potentially become a good player in the league. Go get a better coach. Why do you have Hornacek? And why do you keep trying to shove the triangle down everybody's throat? If you got to shove the triangle down, you got to coach your team. It's that simple. Like yeah. you just gotta coach your team. You're yeah. not gonna have a system that the coaches don't want to do, that the players, the players don't, don't want to do at all because they don't get and it doesn't look effective. Because no one else runs in the league either, though. Like who runs the triangle? They run maybe aspects of it, but they run a twenty-four-seven. Well, nope. you know, guys. All right, guys, it's your homework assignment. You gotta run. You gotta read this triangle book, and you better be prepared. We're gonna do it in practice for for three hours. No, nope. they don't want to do that. That's not happening. No one's gonna do that. Which is, bro, you you're preaching to the choir. I'm the fact that they lost the Nets. It's even more embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, look, we have our own opinions on on you. You said that it's good for them because they want to get you know ping more ping pong balls and get a yeah, tank. For me, I mean, you can lose, but don't lose to the Nets. Nets. <laughs> just just don't lose to the Nets. Why lose the Nets twice in one week? That that would be the only team I would say, as a Nick fan and a lifelong New Yorker. The Knicks should never lose to the Nets. Like you never lose to the Nets. That's like a, that should be on the cold of their franchise guidelines. Never lose to the Nets. I, you I can lose to anybody you. else, but do not lose to the Nets. I respect it. I respect and it. And yet I get it. they lost. And the Nets they only beat one team multiple times this whole season. And guess who it is right now? The New York Knicks. Come the, on. The exact same team who seems to give away um, everything. Yeah, like. Everybody scores record numbers when they come to the Garden. Eight threes, season high, you career know, high, season their, high. Their franchise and that's under record is like at least a four thirty winning percentage, and that's with Jason Kidd. Before that, it was a disaster without Jason Kidd when he was with the Nets. That's deep. Like that's how bad the Nets are, and the fact that he loses them, it's embarrassment for for Phil Jackson. It's an embarrassment for the coaching staff. It's more embarrassing for the players. Like. Carmelo and Derrick Rose playing on the court. And yes, they don't have Porzingis, but you guys have some talent to at least beat the Nets. Like, come on. I th- and I think they're gonna lose on this West Coast trip. No, I think they're gonna I lose hope these they next lose. three, four. What is it? Three games? I think four, four three games. or four. Yeah, they're gonna lose these next games. So that's five in a row, five, six in a row. Yeah. Um, let's get these ping pong balls up. Like, if I was Mel, I wouldn't even be trying. If I was, if I was Hornacek, Hornacek. I'd honestly sit 
all my starters down. They're not going to do that, though. Management hasn't even decided on them to sit the veterans and play the younger players yet. That's stupid. And I understand. Like, you got the Lakers. At least they, they said it out loud, out there. Like, we're not going to play our starters. We're just going to play all young guys. Didn't, so didn't Hornacek actually say, you know, the playoffs aren't realistic? Yeah. So why are you playing okay, the veterans? Okay, so what are you doing? I know. And you're the coach. Why are you playing the veterans? Unless Phil Jackson is behind the scenes again. Phil Jackson just got to stop controlling and start letting these guys do their own thing. I think Phil Jackson just needs to go. There are a whole bunch of uh, execs that I would rather see in that position. But it's a lot of confusing. I mean, you, you, you got a, a player in Porzingis who's been pretty much voicing out his thoughts on what the heck is happening with this team. I mean, he's been saying we've been switching things up because at any point in the season we never play like we want to. And, and maybe this will work. Maybe this will work. So it was like kind of looking for stuff. And they're all coaches are also trying to do the best job they can, give us as much as they can with the information, with they have the information. But we never really got together. We were able to, and we're able to execute the way we should have. There's been a lot of confusion from top to bottom. Stuff's not clear, so it's hard to play like that. Coaching, coaching, and further up from coaching, the general manager. Maybe you just picked the wrong coach for this team. Maybe you looked at all this talent and you picked the wrong guy to pull it together. Would this be your first time doing that, Phil Jackson? No, because you came in here with a a, a a rookie coach, a dude who went straight from getting bounced out of the playoffs to the head coaching job of the New York Knicks and Derek Fisher, who managed to alienate damn near everybody under the sun, and he's still managing to alienate people even though he's not a player or a coach. And you passed on... Mark Jackson, you passed on. You passed on Patrick Ewing. You passed on uh, Tom Thibodeau. Tom Thibodeau and Mark Jackson alone make no sense when both of them wanted the job and both of them have proven track records. Yeah, the Knicks with an identity in defense. You have one of the most defensive-oriented coaches in the league at this present time in Tom Thibodeau, who wanted the job. Mark Jackson, the architect of a team that went, what was it, 73-9? and nine? What was that record? 73-9. and nine. Well, Steve, well, Steve Kirk coached it, but he really wasn't. The one. architect yeah. of the team that went 73-9. Yeah, yeah. and nine. Like, he was the original guy. Yeah. He built that team, set that up, and did all that, did all that and you just left him. Never mind him. Let's go get a coach who just came off of a losing season in Phoenix. What sense does that make? I don't, I don't understand. I think it's just more of let's try it out. I'm president. Let's do all that. And, uh, you know, pretty much this is a position for me I've never been. So let's just try it out, all these things. Let's hire Derek Fisher. Let's see what that goes. Let's, hire, let's get Kurt Rambis in there. Let's see how that goes. Let, let's get Jeff Hornsack in. Let's go. Let's see how hot that goes with Melo, who wants, he just wants to win, who just wants to coach that that understands what he wants to do in the system and actually surround him with better pieces around him, stuff like that. And you don't see that. <sighs> what and, I see is L's. And you look at his... you look at the mock draft and you look at all these players. And I'm like, it doesn't matter if they picked them because one of the one of those players is the one who want to play with the team for this org this functional team. Knowing all this baggage that's gonna be coming with you, if you're gonna be booed by the fans because of your of your poor play or the poor press coaching, is gonna slam you nonstop. Yeah, the fans are gonna slam you. The press is always gonna be on you, and it's out of your control. I stopped being mad at Melo when I realized 
that Melo has been on this team all this time. How many players? How many coaches? He's never had any level of stability, which is why when they start comparing him to Chris Paul and like when they start you know beefing about Melo not having any rings, and I look around the league at other players who don't have rings. Durant. And I Durant, Chris Paul, and I look at the amount of stability that they've had. Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard. Stability. Yeah. One coach, one system, haven't dealt with any of the controversy or, or up and down upheaval in a system or, or an organization that Carmelo has had to deal with. And people just forget about that stuff when they start, oh, Carmelo's a bum, he doesn't have a ring. Wait a minute, wait a minute. All these other dudes with no rings. On way better teams than Melo has had. Way better teams. The original Thunder team. Yeah. Was really James good. Harden. Durant. Westbrook. Durant and Westbrook on the same squad. Are you kidding me? Three MVP. Three league MVPs on the same team. They No rings. No rings amongst three of them. No rings. Chris Paul. Wildly known as one of the best. Yeah. Blake Griffin. DeAndre Jordan, no rings. Jamal Crawford with an ill coach in Doc Rivers, who's also the GM, no rings. Are you kidding me? That's probably what's hurting them, too. I think Doc Rivers should just coach and have somebody else be the GM. I think that's what's really hurting the, the Clippers. Right. But also, bad luck, too. Like you got to put that into, into fact. Yeah, into but, so. I mean, my whole thing is we, the Knicks, I just see, even with all these other things happening around the league, I'll say it. I said it before. I'll say it again. The Knicks just seem to be dysfunct. They just seem to always make the choice that doesn't make any sense. And that's all on the owner. Yep. It's that it simple. all comes back from him, to him. Fifteen years of disastrous picks, uh, coaches, and poor when we seasons. start to see a glimmer of hope, Donnie Nelson in the chair. The team starts turning around. Everything starts going good. You jerk Donnie, and he leaves. Yeah. Don Nels, like what? It's almost like they want they want to be average and they want to suck. Yeah, that's basically what it is. He asks for the money you you deserve. He deserves. You tell him no. Kick rocks. He leaves the team. Tanks. Like he's winning. Everyone who's left the team out of revenge is getting exactly what they want. As soon as they leave, you stink again. And it never occurs to you to just go get the guy who knows what he's doing and get out the way. You got Phil Jackson because you tossed an extreme amount of money at him. And after a while, it was just stupid for him not to take the money. Do you think players will avoid those draft workouts because of with the Knicks? I hope not. I wouldn't be surprised if they do. Uh, no, nothing surprises me when it comes to <laughs> But I, I would hope not. I would hope that they wouldn't self-sabotage that way because it's just searching for their franchise player and we yeah. don't even know which Porzingis right now I think it is based on his thoughts and, and how he really wants to make it work here and express it or it could be from the draft and, and the point guard which mm. they desperately need because I don't trust Derrick Rose at all I think he's going to walk away and sign with some other team which means they're going to need to address that point guard position on a young point guard who can be a cornerstone with Porzingis and also get a shooting guard who can actually defend and, and be a two-way player as well. And that's what the Knicks need, too. Lee is good with that, but he's not, he just doesn't. He's getting old. Yeah. Yeah, they probably have to restart. So they definitely need to draft a He'd come off guard. the bench, though. They need a two-way player. That's what I think. They need two-way players right now for this team. And the point guard and the shooting guard. And Porzingis can somehow get his defense up on, on help defense. And he's a good blocker. Like, cause he's a good rim protector. But I think Holiday is going to grow, though. Go Yeah, as a yeah. bench player, or as a starter. No, no, no. Um, <clears throat> period. Like, I, you figure it out, but 
I think I long wingspan, he actually plays defense. His shot is getting more consistent. I think I I don't think we need to really hyper address the shooting guard role. I think we found another great quality shooting guard, no problem. But I don't sleep on Justin Holiday. I still would still draft And one, he's though. young. That's true, but I still would draft one though. Yeah, no, I, like I said, I wouldn't be yeah. mad at it. But I'm also not starving. Because they need to build a, a, a big three. I'd look for somebody is. who can step in for Melo when he sits Oh, that down. too, yeah. But I think for if they're going to let him go, then they're probably going to draft a small forward then. I don't think they're going to let him go. If they if they do, they got to yeah, draft a small I don't, forward. I, don't, I, don't, I doubt it. He's going to take less money it, and stick it, around. It has to be a big three of either the point guard, the shooting guard, or a small forward, and Porzingis. <laughs> right. Or maybe Hiram Gomez could be that fourth person, but... Really, Porzingis and the point guard have to be on the same page going forward. I agree. That's the only way they're going to be successful. You look at the league right now. It's a point guard-driven league. I you agree. Need, you need that. I agree. Unless you have a LeBron, then you're good, but you don't. So. He's not leaving. Yeah, so. yeah. And we, we desperately need one. Like, we really need a point guard. And I don't even know if this kid who's 6'5", international player, can actually be potentially be a top five point guard. He has the tools to do it, but the thing is, is he has the work ethic to actually put in the work and do well, it. We're the only one way to find out at this point. Yeah, we just, we just gotta see him. Well, you know, March Madness. It is what it is. I wish we'll end the show with this. If your brackets are busted, it was expected. <laughs> so don't 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 be don't be going hard because you wanted to get that million dollars in that perfect bracket because no one's ever gotten a perfect bracket in NCAA. And just just sit back and enjoy the game play. There's room on the couch for everybody. I mean, this weekend just watch all the games. Watch even next week as well, leading up to the six Sweet Sixteen, the Elite Eight, and all that stuff, and then the Final Four. I just hope that the final, and we'll talk about the final two when it happens. That or even preview it. That it actually is like last year because last year was incredible with the shots that they made. In that, just, in that like I said, game. just enjoy yourself. Because you know that North Carolina one, it could have actually if it was like if they won that game with that winner, the game winner, mm-hmm. it could have been better than Michael Jordan's shot in that championship game. I feel you. It. Had that sunk, yeah, I feel you. But the fact that that kid made it on a break, on a fast break, set him up for a three, and he made it. That was like a movie scripted type of, 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 uh, of shot right there. That was incredible. Yeah, it's hoping for another one this year. Hopefully, man. It's hoping for multiple. Let's, 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 let's do it up. Multiple shots and all this stuff back and forth. Let's do it up. Let's get it all. Yep. Why not? Can't wait to see that. So, that's going to do it today. You can follow us on Slam City. Uh, Facebook page and Twitter account at slash me underscore 360. You can follow me at Morinus10 and Mr. Mech, M-R-M-E-C-C. And you can follow the big Dunk 360 website at the Dunk 360 because there can only be one. See you next week. Peace.